Welcome to Coach Confidential. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of my coaching business over the last decade. I'll share what's worked, what hasn't worked, and give you fly-on-the-wall access to my private coaching sessions. We'll talk business, leadership, and get to the heart of coaching. Enjoy the show. Just a heads up, the following conversation is not suitable for young ears. This is a great reminder to me to take off that clean lyric stamp on iTunes because, hey, that's just not going to be the case on this podcast. So what you're about to hear is a conversation between me and my friend Jason Goldberg. Jason is a brilliant speaker. He is a phenomenal coach. And I don't say that lightly. My bar for coaches is really, really high, but he is truly a really great coach coach and he's hilarious. So we have a pretty great time anytime we hang out together. This conversation online was no exception. Because this is Coach Confidential, I want to give you the behind the scenes real deal. So what you're going to hear is essentially from when I started the recording to when I stopped the recording, which includes a lot of conversation that I normally wouldn't put in a quote interview. We had a lot of fun with this. I hope you enjoy it as well. And that's a high quality bold sweatshirt, by the way. That's not like the you, you know, wash your car in that. That's like a nice, that's like a nice sweatshirt. If only it could help them win a little bit more. I was a fan when they were good, if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> like as a kid, of course I was a Jordan fan. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No, I was like 12 or 13 when I was a fan. So that would have been like 92, 93, you know, during some of the good years. Yeah. Like Jordan-esque, like. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So what this is, it's a brand spanking new podcast. Oh, sweet. You know, why don't we just start it and I'll just tell you. Just do it. Yeah. I'll just go. Fuck it. Let's do it live. <laughs> you know, that's one of my favorite lines. Is it really? <laughs> I love that you know that because I say that to people all the time. They're like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? What's wrong with you? Don't you have oh, the internet? I have watched that video. I don't even know how many times. It's and the greatest thing ever. Sometimes I want to say that to Sean or something and I'll go watch the video again just because I, I love the intensity. Fuck it. Let's do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll fuck it. We'll do it live. He is so amazing. Yeah. Such a horrible human being. <laughs> directly to hell sorry uh whatever um i don't want to be writing with this because that's too loud i'm going to make some notes maybe while i chat with you i think of some other great question to ask you for sure uh one of the things well i'll tell you this live too okay let's start <laughs> okay let's do it <laughs> it's already the best episode ever <laughs> all right Okay, for real. So you ready? Get serious. Get serious. Get really serious. You can't. I can. No, I can't. You can't. I can't. Okay, welcome everyone. This is Coach Confidential, an awesome podcast, and that's all I'll say about it. My guest today is Jason Goldberg, and I'm going to use all this live. You know, I'm not, I'm not messing around here. That's so right. We have already been having a great time, as you can tell. And one of the things that Jason said to me is, you know, this should be just like two friends having a conversation. 
because I am wearing a sweatshirt and no makeup, which I wouldn't typically do if I was going to get on video for a professional thing. But and I'm wearing a sweatshirt and some makeup, so it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so we have balanced the scales perfectly. This is going to be awesome. Uh, Jason was asking me, what, what are we doing here on this thing? He was kind enough to just accept my invitation, schedule something on my calendar without knowing what he was getting himself into. So what Black he's getting himself into is when Sean and I decided to create this joint business, we decided that our focus, our goal is going to be to help speakers and coaches. Now, obviously his side of that is mostly speakers and my side of that is mostly coaches. And we had developed a podcast for him based on uh, developing people's speaking career. And I thought, you know what? It would be great to do something similar for coaches. And so the, the distinction with this coach confidential thing is that I'm actually putting out as podcasts real coaching conversations that I have had with my clients. Now, the confidential part is that they're either their words or what they're saying is not part of the podcast. So it's totally confidential. Nobody knows who that client is, but I thought it would be helpful for people to hear, you know, what coaches actually say in real situations. So that is some of what this is. The other side of it is talking to awesome coaches like yourself. So welcome to the show. I'm so now that I know what I'm here for, I'm even more excited than I was before. Thank you for having me on your awesome podcast. And I really think that should be the tagline. Like, welcome to Coach Confidential, an awesome podcast. Done. Like, mic drop. It pretty much is. So. Done. I love it. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Sign me up. Awesome. Uh, one of the first things, because I tend to think that everybody knows Jason Goldberg, you know, because why wouldn't they? But if there was maybe somebody out there that doesn't know you yet. I would love to give them a little bit of background in terms of who you are, what you're all about, and most specifically, how you came to become a coach. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first of all, seriously though, thank you for having me here. You know, you're one of my favorite people and I knew this would be fun before we even started. And but now especially- You can't say the word seriously because- I, That's true. That you doesn't work for you. I thought about that as I said it, or maybe I'm so smart I use it as a lead-in to talk about what I'm all about. Oh, there it is. Hey. There it is. I wish we could say that was planned. Um, so, so what I am all about is about, in, I'm about several things, but one of the main things I'm about is living a not-so-serious life, which is why Mindy just called me on and using the word serious. I don't typically use the word serious. It's funny that I did that. Well, uh, you're with me. I'm with you, but you're not, but see, I don't think you're serious. I think that you are, you know, sometimes you can be intense, but very grounded and very like, I don't even know if stoic is the right word because you're, you're still a very fun person. Is stoic, a, would that be a diss or would you, do you like that? Is that a, a compliment? To me, it's a great compliment. Okay, good. Then you're a stoic. You're like the Marcus Aurelius of little, little chicks. Um, so... <laughs> So anyways, so, so my, my work in the world is I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, uh, I wrote this book, Prison Break. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's the first time ever that I've picked the right hand. I always use the wrong hand. I'm so excited. Now I ruined it by calling out, but then I went, I, anyways. So I wrote this book, Prison Break. I did not write this journal, What Will You Create Today? I do love the movie Back to the Future, which is why that's up here. And there is a snow globe, which is a whole other story. Um, so, and one of my things is I really love to blend the things that I love into my profession. So my speaking and coaching and writing and training and courses and all this stuff are all around uh, being more playful 
with life. And, and that's not necessarily about playing like throwing water balloons and shooting people with Nerf guns. It's about bringing a spirit of play, a spirit of creativity to things that we think are problems, to things that, things that we think are these crazy big challenges we need to overcome and to recognize that uh, creativity is greater than any circumstance we could face. And, and so that's kind of the work that I do in the world now in a lot of different forms and it's a lot of fun. That's a great quote. Okay. You like that? Creativity is greater than any circumstance. That's awesome. I have, it's my quote and I have it on shirts and stuff. And the first, when I first wrote it uh, in probably September of 2016, it used to be creativity trumps circumstance. And for whatever reason, people stopped liking that quote. And so I had to change it to is greater than circumstance. Stop being so easily offended people. Oh, mic drop, doorbell. <laughs> you are not allowed to edit that out. This is live, straight up, real life. <laughs> That's the universe saying, man, Jason, that was an amazing quote. It was. Do you want to know what's at my door? Yeah, what's at your door? We just ordered the Tom Brady book, not because of football, because it's his diet. And I was saying to Sean, you know what? If we're going to be these you know, elite entrepreneurs, then we need to act like we're going to the Super Bowl. And he, you know, as most people probably know, is one of the most winning, you know, oldest quarterbacks. And he's still great, uh, healthy and looking very, very, very young for 40 years old. So I'm like, got to check out what he's up to. That's so awesome. That's it just arrived at my door. <laughs> and, and I just realized when you said 40, the immediate thing I wanted to say was only 40. And now I realize like, oh, man, that's something old people say. Oh, man, oh, I'm getting old. I'm getting, oh God, is that a gray hair? No, it's not, it's fine. You, you've got quite a ways to go. I'm 37, what do you mean I have quite a ways to go? I'll be 40 this year, so you're, you know, got some years to you yet. Can, can you hear me okay? Do you need to turn up your hearing aid or are you, are you okay? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Sorry, yeah, so, so that's what I'm up to. And you wanna know how I became a coach, is that right? Okay. So, um, so I don't know that I've ever met anybody who plans on being a coach. Uh, I, I personally, uh, at least not as their first career, I should say, um, except for maybe the millennials who think that'll be the easy way to make a bunch of money. And so I'll just be a coach because I don't want to have the discipline to learn any other actual trade. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I got into IT very early. I got into to technology very early. So I was actually in, uh, in, in technology for the better part of 15 years until I left uh, the, the last corporate position I had, uh, I was the director of engineering and operations for a tech firm based in Florida and, uh, and did that. I was at that company for the last seven years of my corporate career. So over about half of my, my lifespan in IT. And then I left in 2011 and started my first startup, which was an executive transportation company, which was kind of cool. It kind of fused technology with, uh, uh, with transportation. We were able to get some amazing investors and advisors. We had the CEO of Priceline.com was on our advisory board. Like we, it was a really, really cool startup that we did. And it crashed and burned miserably. And I lost tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, so that was fun. And then I started another startup that's actually still up and running now that's in partnership with NASA. And so we actually got, as a company, uh, we got exclusive licensing for three patents from the space shuttle program, and we were commercializing it for public sector use, education use, Department of Defense use, uh, and so that's still up and running. And, and through that entire thing, one of the common denominators for me, not my entire IT career, probably the last two years of my technology career, and then being an entrepreneur, I really fell in love with personal growth. 
Uh, it's, it's part of my own transformation of my, my physical weight loss of losing over 130 pounds, my emotional and, and mental and spiritual weight loss that I had carrying around all this depression and sadness and, and anger for so much of my life. Um, it, was, it was one of these things where it came down to how can I get paid to keep learning all this super cool stuff? And coaching just kind of, I fell into it. And, and I'd always been the kid growing up where like, you know, I was a fat kid, so the girls weren't really into me, but they would come to me with their problems. So I became known as like the person to go to with your problems and you would get an empathetic ear and, and maybe some good advice. And that kind of, I think, is one of the basis for, uh, for what was attractive to me initially for coaching. That's awesome. Most especially because being able to say that you did something in partnership with NASA. Pretty dope. What? <laughs> Pretty dope. That's awesome. Most people can't say that. So very cool. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Now in your coaching, so how many years has it been since you have been coaching? So it's been, I was actually just talking to somebody about this the other day. I believe it's been officially four and a half years. Okay. So within those four and a half years, are there certain tips or techniques or tricks or something that you kind of use as your fallback, you know, that's like your style or your way of doing things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, there are so many different ways to coach people. And, and what I love about coaching is when I'm at my best, I'm like, um, I'm like water in a vessel. I'll kind of, you know, merge and form and morph and do whatever into what the shape of the vessel is given what the person needs. But one of the things I just, I don't personally get into is I don't get into like the drill sergeant style of coaching. I don't get into overly prescriptive coaching. What I know to be true for me, and they often say this in buying psychology that we, we buy the way we sell or we sell the way we buy. Um, I coach people the way that I like to be coached. I coach people the way that I know I get the best results for me. And for me, that's much more relaxed and much more laid back and much more playful and much more inviting people to consider. These are actual words, right? I say this all the time to people. I, I invite you to consider this other lens on the world. I invite you to consider what else could be just as true, if not more true, as opposed to, you know, you're screwing up. And if you don't get the blinders off and you're, you're letting yourself off the hook and that stuff's fine. There's nothing wrong with that style, but it would be out of authenticity and out of integrity for me to, to show up that way with people. So for me, I truly believe like we were talking about earlier, the creativity is greater than circumstance thing. I really believe that when people have a, a clear, calm mind, they can be so much more creative. So the entire basis of my coaching is how do I relax people? How do I slow down the thinking that's driving their life absolutely bonkers? And from that place of clarity, now we can start to explore co-creation. Heck yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to say on that. Where's the doorbell? I need the doorbell on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. One of the things that I focus on so much with my core students is don't become a little Mindy Kinnis coach. Become you. You know, yes. and the best way to coach is by becoming ever more yourself, you know, living up into that, stepping into that role even greater and greater. So I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that. Talk to me about this online image that people have versus real life. Mm. You have had, and I don't know how much or little you want to get into it, but you've had all kinds of different things go on in your personal life. What do you do? Do you share all that online? Do you not? Do you keep it private? Is it, you know, do people, 
I don't want to say, do you owe them? Cause I don't think that that's true. That's too strong. But you know, do, should you tell them what's going on with you as kind of a public persona or, you know, how do you manage that? I think that's an incredible question. And it's something that as I, as my visibility, I don't, I'm, yeah, that's the, I think that's the best word. As my visibility increases, I, I have to lean more and more into what that looks like. And actually, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got on this was from your hubby, who told me that there's a difference between personal and private. <laughs> yeah. You know why he learned that one? But why? Because he was sharing some very private things about our relationship. And I was like, yo, I don't need the whole world to know that this is something that we're currently challenged with right this second. So that was the conversation, personal versus private. Yeah. And I think that's a great rule. And, and I think, and I think what, so I've definitely taken that to heart and I'm glad that you were able to give him that lesson so that he was able to give it to me um, because I think it's really important. And, and the piece that I'll put onto the tail end of that is um, one of the things that's a pet peeve of mine right now, and, and I know I'm getting into total prisoner mode by, I think by having pet peeves, you're automatically in prisoner mode, but that's okay. Uh, the self leader doesn't have pet peeves, but um, what I will say, one of my pet peeves is, is the uh, proliferation of vulnerability as a strategy. It absolutely, <laughs> I can't, I can't stand it. And, and, and Sean will tell you this, of course, uh, you know, as he coaches speakers, he'll always tell them, don't go on stage and say, let me tell you a story. Just tell me the effing story. And in the same way, don't say, I'm going to get vulnerable for a minute and then share what's going on in your world. Just effing tell me what's going on in your world. So I really like, I have a, a, a huge gag reflex for, for vulnerability as a strategy. So my, my thing now is that I am absolutely open to share anything that's going on in my life as long as there's something that serves other people in that, right? It has to be to be of service. It can't be because I want them to see me a certain way. It can't be because, and I've had people tell me that before. I've had somebody tell me like, oh, um, you need to be more vulnerable and, and share more of the dark stuff going on in your world because you're always so happy and you're always so this and you're always so that. And I get that and, and I appreciate it that they share that with me. And I know there are plenty of people that love to share the deep and dark stuff. And I feel like my role in this world is to bring 5% more joy to every single person I encounter. Does that mean I won't sometimes share when I'm struggling? Of course not. I shared a, a video yesterday of me having a total prisoner moment because I got locked out of my apartment with no shoes on and no, and no cell phone. And I had to knock on all the neighbor's doors and none of them would open the door because this crazy ass face is looking at them through the people. Right. And to find the, the woman here who was delivering mail who let me use her phone but said I had one minute. And then they finally said they could send somebody out to do the locks and this stuff, but I had to stand out in the cold for an hour and then spend $200 for him to spend five minutes to open my door. And I would love to say I was joyful and playful the whole time, but I freaking wasn't because it, it, it pissed me off. So I shared that story last night. But overall, unless there's some learning that I can share, unless it serves people, number one, I never want to do my healing in public. Never do your healing in public. Move through the thing before you share the thing because it's not going to be of service, right? It, it may, people may feel sorry for you. They may sympathize with you, but it's not actually being of service. So don't do your healing in public. And then whenever you do share, please don't make it a part of a strategy share because you want to be of service to people or don't share. Yeah, I love that. I think the piece that, or at least the difficulty with Sean and I was that he was sharing something. And I think he honestly, he felt like it was being of service to his audience, Yeah. but it impacted me. Like it, yeah. I was part of that equation and then I wasn't in the conversation of should we share this now or not? And so that I was like, I was not having it. It's not very happy. 
Uh, I want to go back. Partner, if there's a partner involved though, yeah, you have to get it because yeah. it, it has to serve everybody, right? It has to serve me as the person sharing. It has to serve the people hearing it, but it also has to serve any relationships with people who are involved. So I think that's a totally good call. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to go back to what you said about self leaders don't have pet peeves. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of kidding. And, and self-leaders also. <laughs> I don't even have to ask the question, you know, but I'm like, what, really? <laughs> well, well, yeah, yes and no, right? So, so essentially, so the difference between a self-leader and a prisoner is essentially um, a self-leader owns their spirit. They own their response to things. Uh, they, they have that, that, that high level of consciousness, that creative mind that can meet any distracted thoughts and challenge them lovingly, that can meet any obstacles that are in front of them and say, given the conditions of the game that I'm playing right now, what would I love to create? It's a lot more possibility based, right? It's not positive thinking. Positive thinking, I think is annoying too. Oh, great. Another pet peeve. Um, positive thinking, I think is also kind of stupid. And we can talk more about that if you want. But possibility based thinking is, is kind of like, if there was one main mantra for everything I believe, it's so what, now what, right? Love so it. what, so what now what? So what meaning it's not that significant, it's not that serious, and now what is given that thing is present right now, what do we wanna do with it? So, so the self-leader does that. The prisoner is a prisoner of circumstance, right? They're at the whim of the economy, they're at the whim of who's in the White House, they're at the whim of the song on the radio that reminds them of their ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, they are the flailing inflatable arm tube man in front of the car dealership, just whatever the wind blows them, they go there and they have no control. You know that I, I hate those things. Do you really? Is that like a clown thing for you? Yeah, I don't know why, but I see those flailing air guys and I'm like, it like it gives me like the chills, like scratching nails on like a cardboard. I don't know what it is about them, but I like. They're ugh. creepy. They're, they're a little, no, I'm not, I mean, they don't do it to me, but they don't do it for me, but they're creepy. I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, so, so, so the prisoner is just constantly focusing on those external things. So when I say that a self-leader doesn't have pet peeves, a self-leader would see uh, vulnerability as a strategy uh, and, and say, oh, um, it's so funny and amusing that people think that that's what they need to do to connect with people. Right. It, it wouldn't be, a, it, I wouldn't take it personally. I guess that maybe that's the best way to say it. Self-leaders don't take things personally. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I can laugh about, I can be amused by the absurdity of vulnerability as a strategy, but it doesn't have to be something that irks me. Perfect. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. So in those four years that you've been coaching, I know when people start out, there's a lot of different things to learn. You know, like you and I both do video, there's podcasting, you also speak, you also have written a book, you also do actual <clears throat> excuse me, coaching. And there's all this stuff. So in those four years, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed learning? And what are some of the things that maybe now you've delegated out to say, like, this is not worth my time and, and attention or, or learning that skill? You know, what's kind of the balance that you found in terms of what you do versus what you've sent out? Yeah, that and that's it's such a great question. And it's something that I'm actually playing with now for the first time. It took me four and a half years to finally loosen my grip enough on the work that I'm doing uh, to not hold it so tight to my chest and to understand that it's not going to be done to my standards. In fact, it may be done better than my standards uh, or not. Who knows? Uh, but, but I've just now opened it up. So, so the things that I have finally started delegating, listen, here's the double-edged sword. I spent 15 years in technology, which means technology comes very easy to me. Technology is a big part of the way our world works right now. And especially it's, it is one avenue where you can be much more effective as a coach is to have that online presence and to be technically savvy. And 
it was taking up so much of my time and energy because I'm interested in it because I would geek out on it and I would, I could pick it up quickly. It's like, why would I delegate this? This is kind of fun for me and I can figure it out. It's problem solving. So I finally now started pushing that off and giving it to somebody else who really loves doing it and who I, I am trusting can do it to, you know, a certain level of proficiency. Um, so that's one thing for sure. And then the other thing, a kind of a tech thing as well is the video editing side. Again, I've always edited all my videos. My, my signature course that came out last year, eight, eight or so hours of video, I edited all of it myself. And it wasn't a ton of editing, but I edited, I filmed it myself, I edited it myself, I did everything myself. And, and, that's, and that's all well and good, but if I truly wanna be in a mode of purposeful creation, and to create magic in ways that sitting down with a, doing a pro and con list or trying to fit five minutes of brainstorming about projects and in between all these other things I'm doing, like it's just, it's not going to work. And so for me, the big thing has been the tech, the video editing, and I actually did hire a personal assistant as well now. So with some of those things, I hope now I will have more time for me to create and not be doing these little other tasks. Yeah. And that's so, it's so, so important for people to recognize. Cause yeah, at first it is you, you know, yeah. I mean, that's Sean and I have done all our own videos, all our own everything forever. And it's really awesome when you can get to that point where you can send it out because really, even if it's a little bit of a budget issue, it's like, okay, well, how is my time being best spent doing all this video stuff or paying for someone else to do it? So that that's awesome. Now, I scheduled you a very short time. Do you have a few more minutes? I, for you, Mindy, I have literally <laughs> all the minutes. You don't have all the minutes, nor am I going to take all the minutes. <laughs> Tell me about your biggest challenge in growing, building, developing either yourself as a coach or the business around that. Can I, can I address both? Would that be cool? Sure. Okay, cool. Um, I think the the biggest thing around the uh, well, it's actually kind of funny. They're they're actually kind of tied in in some way. Uh, the biggest thing that was a challenge for me as a coach was that the model of coaching that I was seeing everywhere was a very deep, like you know, serious, uh, you know, truth teller or 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 just intense or just all these things that didn't resonate with me. And because that was the main example I had for coaching, I kept trying to force myself to coach that way. And, and it, it goes back to what we said in the beginning, that whole thing I said in the beginning about like my style and my go-to, that was not the way I coached in the beginning by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, in the beginning was even worse. In the beginning, I refused to do any video or in-person uh, coaching conversations. Can I tell you why? Yeah. It would, it would only be over phone, right? No video, audio only. Because... In every coaching conversation, I literally had eight pages of questions that were laid out on the desk in front of me. And I would be listening to what they were saying and trying to find the perfect question to ask. Because I, was, I had such a lack of confidence in what I was doing as a coach and if I'd be able to get them results. And while that may seem to some people like, oh, that makes sense, yeah, have a good list of questions. The only problem with that is that coaching is typically with two people. And if I'm sitting here staring at the paper, then I'm essentially in a conversation by myself with like an answering machine, right? And there's no actual co-creation there. And, and that was such a stress point for me that I thought I had to have the perfect question or the perfect answer at all times. And so as I started exploring this more and seeing like, A, me showing up as me is my only unique differentiator. 
right? I, I say it all the time. Nobody can JG harder than JG can JG, right? It's just not, I've yet to find anybody who can challenge me in that arena, right? And so it was a matter of me really stepping into that and saying, okay, can I really bring, can it, can it truly be, and this now shows up for coaching, for speaking, for training, can it really be true that, that the benefit of me being there is 90% who I be and 10% what I do? And so it was really leaning into that and it did not happen overnight. It was super scary. Every time I would lean in and be like a little more playful, I would still be, then I would still go back to force myself to be super deep and ask the question that I thought the super deep coaches would ask. And it just kept going, going, going. And then it finally got to a point where it was like, you know, in the words of Nancy Klein, and she's not talking about coaching, I don't think when she talks about it, but you know, Nancy Klein, she wrote two books. One's called time to think and one's called more time to think. I actually have more time to think on my thing here, but she says, in a conversation with another human being where you're, where you're trying to create what she calls a thinking environment, right? Giving them the chance to, to pull answers from within, that you as the coach are both essential and irrelevant. Mm. And that's the thing that really hit, my, hit me at my core. When I realized as a coach, I am essential because I'm creating the space and I'm creating the container and I'm there to share experiences and insights as they occur. And it's I'm effing irrelevant. It's not about me. It's so not about me. So to me, like really leaning into that, really leaning into service instead of ego was a huge turning point for me to become a better coach. I love that. And I, I'm not familiar with her work, but I, that sounds awesome. In that same vein, what other books are your favorites? And what do you recommend? My favorites. Okay. So I love this question. So, uh, so whatever you do, do not see, I did it again. Do not read prison break. Do not, whatever you do, supposedly, Mindy, people hate being talked out of things even more than they hate being talked into things. And so whatever you do, yeah. do not read Prison Break, okay? The mind can't process the negative, so they're going to be like, oh, read Prison Break. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so, so yeah, Prison Break's great. But beyond Prison Break, ones that are just really- yeah, that were not written by you. <laughs> that were not, ones that were not, okay, none of them can be written by me? Uh, so so the, the three that really come to mind that are just really- it's like if I, if, I was, if I had to go on a desert island and I can only take three like personal growth books with me, these are the three. Um, number one is uh, Reinventing Yourself by Steve Chandler. And that was actually the book that got me into really starting to take ownership of my life. Like that was the one. And, and I was actually even rereading it this morning at the gym. Like I go back to it, even though I know all the stuff, I, I'm, I treat this whole game of life and the business of coaching like a white belt right? I'm just constantly being a beginner anytime I get the chance to, anytime I get out of my ego long enough to do that. Uh, so reinventing yourself, definitely number one. Uh, Loving What Is by Byron Katie, hugely impactful, probably equally impactful for me as reinventing yourself. And then the third one uh, is kind of a toss up, but for now I'll say uh, slowing down to the speed of life. And this was uh, Joe Bailey and Richard Carlson. Are you familiar with them? No, but I like that title a lot. It's awesome. Yeah. Slowing down to the speed of life and uh, just an incredible book. Uh, so those three together are, are really, really awesome. And if there was one kind of side, if I could do three and a half, the half one, which is actually by Richard Carlson, one of the two authors of, of Slowing Down to the Speed of Life, he's actually since passed away, but he wrote a book called uh, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff and It's All Small Stuff. So that's yeah. another great book too. That one, I remember when that one went crazy. It was on the New York Times bestseller for months, I think. I mean, just everybody had that. So yeah, that was a great, great book. I have all these really quick kind of rapid fire questions. Yeah, do it. Yeah. If you were a superhero, who would you be? Iron Man. I, 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 you'd have to even finish it. I have Iron Man socks. And can I tell you why Iron Man? Yeah. Okay. So it's actually not even Iron Man. It's Tony Stark. 
Okay. And, and we do this thing in one of my programs where, where I have people create their avatars of when they're like the, the prisoner and when they're the self leader. And for me, my avatar when I'm a prisoner is Adele, right? Because she's just so effing whiny and everything that comes out of her mouth is just like, no, it's just, it's just like, <laughs> so that I know. I almost just spit my tea out. <laughs> because my mind was saying, wait, like Adele as in the singer? Adele, what? <laughs> or the computer? Yeah. No, Adele the singer. She, to me, is the epitome of prisonerness. It's just so pathetic. Wow. So I know that's like, that's how I show up in the world. I am Adele when I'm in my prisoner mode, just everything's just sad and melancholy and just, I can't see that anything bright and nothing. On the other flip side though, when I'm in self-leader mode, I'm Tony Stark. And let me tell you why. Tony Stark to me is the epitome of somebody who doesn't take life seriously, right? We know this about him, right? He's, he does not take life seriously at all, but is he not one of the most sincere people in the world when it comes to his work? Mm -hmm. He is so sincere without being serious. And I love the notion that we can be really sincere and devoted and committed and focused to the work that we do, but not take it seriously and still have fun. So Tony Stark slash Iron Man all day. That's awesome. And you already ruined my rapid fire. Uh... Oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and I just cursed. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Hey, this, this show, you can do that. Good. What's your best joke? My best joke? Oh, God, you're going to ask somebody who loves comedy what his best joke is? Why do you think I'm asking you? I know, no, but I, God, that's, that's like saying name 40 songs. Like, I know I've heard 40 songs, but I, now I can't name one. Um, what's my favorite joke? Oh, God, and one that I can actually see on the air. What's your um, funny, you can say any on this show. This, I'll have the little E, so it's explicit. Oh, I can't, you're, it's too much pressure. I can't, there's only one coming to mind, and it's so stupid. <laughs> but I'm going to have to do it now. And you know, I'm let me tell you, that might be your best joke. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. <laughs> Interrupting Boo! <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Now, I know you, so I know that's not your best joke. It's not my best joke. We'll, we'll do a second interview where it'll be 30 minutes of me telling jokes. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite food? Ooh, oh, man. You know, a good, like a really good slice of pizza or a really incredible piece of tiramisu. Like that, I think that does it for me. What? All right. Bourgeois. I'm so, well, pizza. Pizza's not bourgeois, but tiramisu. No, tiramisu. <laughs> I went to high school with a girl named Tiramisu. No, I'm just kidding. That was a better joke than the moo, you have to admit. It wasn't really that much better. <laughs> Sean and I exchanged dad jokes a lot. Like just really, have you heard, you know, do you know this whole sect of dad jokes? Yes. Just really corny. Yeah, okay. What is something that's on your bucket list? Ooh, uh, Burning Man. Oh, you never done it. I haven't, and I have, I, I have committed, oh God, and now it's recorded. I have committed to go this year, so. 2018? Yes. Okay. Yes, thank you for dating the interview to make sure I can't be like, no, this, we did that interview in 2019. Thanks, man. Accountability is a powerful, powerful thing. I hate that. I know. What impresses you? Okay, so as soon as you asked that, I thought inspired as opposed to impressed. Can I answer that? Sure because I'm impressed by inspiration. I am inspired by people who take courageous action when they have no support. Mm. 
there's something about people really standing up for what they believe in. Like it literally brings me to tears. I remember watching that movie Hidden Figures. And did you see Hidden Figures? No, not yet. I totally oh. All right. Well, I'm going to ruin one piece, but it's not pivotal to the movie. They have obviously separated, you know, segregated bathrooms. And at one point, Kevin Costner's character goes to the colored bathroom, takes a crowbar and like rips down the sign that says colored bathroom. And he is surrounded by people who would never do that. And I started crying because I'm like, this guy has no support, but he feels it in his bones that something wrong is happening. And he takes action in that moment and it's done. And I just was like, I was a mess. That I got chills just hearing you say that. So yeah, the only reason I haven't seen it yet is I wanted to read the book first, mm. which I haven't gotten around to. Books. Um, do you think that your clients are like you or are they not like you, but then become like you in, in your work with them? Ooh, that's a really, that's a really, really good and insightful question. Not that that's your first. I mean, you've had plenty of good insightful questions. But that was really good. Um, I, I think that, there are um, two different types of people that coach with me. There are the people who are already like me, and there are people who want to see the world in the way I see the world. Not be like me, but they want to see the world in the way that I see the world. And so I think the longer we work together, if I'm doing my job properly, then they see the world more like I do, and some of them do kind of become more like me, which I love, because that means they're playful and having more fun in life. Yeah, it's always an interesting question to say, you know, are they coming because they're already similar to me or are they going to become, you know, and I like the way that you put that, like essentially having a similar perspective in the way, the way that you show up, you know, the way that the place that you come from. It's very interesting. I was noticing the contrast between Sean's people and my people. And a couple of years ago, it was even more stark because his people were wild, crazy, loud, blah, and mine were like very mature and serious and whatever and sean would come in to speak to my people and he'd be like um what <laughs> but these days now that we have so much crossover there is you know it, it's it's really cool to have seen all of them kind of grow up collectively which has been neat that's awesome i love that yeah now i have to tell you you said because we had dinner with you just the other day and you said everybody asks the same old questions on podcasts so i had to come up with something that Hopefully it was a little bit interesting for you. These are amazing. I, I love this. I could do this all day with you. <laughs> well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. What would be your top tip for newbie coaches? <sighs> Based on my own struggles, yes. that's all I can speak for, yeah. uh, is, is when you're starting out, stop trying to find your niche. Stop waiting to find a niche to go serve people. My advice to you is go find somebody with a pulse and a problem and help them. Don't worry about anything else. The rest will figure itself out. I love that. Thank you. Again, because you're saying in a different way things that I'm always like, come on, guys. Yes. <laughs> go do it. <laughs> it's so true. I changed my niche five times in the first six months that I was a coach, and I had coached zero people. Oh, it was all this like intellectual exercise of what would make me sound the best? What would be the most profitable? What would I like to be calling myself? And meanwhile, there are, you know, 7 billion people on the planet. They're like, I just would like a little help. I just, I'm like, no, I, I don't have time for you. I'm trying to figure out how to coach people you know, impactfully. And they're like, what? okay, I'll wait, I guess. Right. Awesome. Awesome point. And that is exactly why it's because the people are out there. They need your help now. It doesn't matter, you know, about the niche. That's so, right. Fantastic. Finally, where can people learn more about you and what you're up to? 
I thought, I thought you were going to like hit me with like this final question that was going to, you know, rupture my soul. Yeah, this is, this is an easy one. Uh, best place to find me is on Facebook and I made it very easy for people to find me on Facebook. You can go to www.fbjason.com, like Facebook, Jason, fbjason.com. Uh, playfulprosperity.com is my signature course about learning how to be more playful in your, your work and in your life. Uh, and I have a special gift for the listeners of, of Coach Confidential, an awesome podcast. Uh, is a free copy of my book. Oh my goodness, I did the wrong one. I always do that. Prison Break. Uh, you can get a free digital audio or paperback copy of Prison Break if you go to getprisonbreak.com slash coachconfidential. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And so people out there, go get that. Here's how can you remember how you can remember it. It's your right hand. So like the right book to be reading. Oh, I like that. But for me, then I have to do this. And I'm like, oh, that's an L. So that's my left hand. So if this one, so I'm. Well, maybe just do it underneath the camera. Like look down. Okay, L. So we're at this one. Ah, this book right here. You know what I can do? I can shrug my shoulder. I can do. Oh, okay. That's the right one. Good. See, I can, I can, I can kind of shrug. Oh, oh wait. That's the wrong one. Okay, don't You're going to turn this into a dance party? <laughs> you should have dance parties as a part of this. You should totally have dance parties. Oh. Show that schmuck Sean up. He's not even that good of a dancer. I'm sure you're aware. I was going to say, I'm married to like the dance party king. So he is the dance party king. It'll happen sometime. That's awesome. Jason, I adore you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and most especially your enthusiasm. I know that uh, a lot of people out there online and in real life, of course, too, look up to you. And I think that it's very cool that you can share of your own experience, of your challenges, of the hard stuff and say, hey, you know what? I can do this. You can do this, too. So much gratitude. Thank you, Mindy. You know, I love you. I adore you, too. And this has been such an honor for me. I just love the work you do in the world. And I will continue to do anything I can to contribute to it because you're a rock star. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you everyone else for listening to this and maybe even watching if I decide to put this funny video of us online somewhere. If not, sorry, you missed out. <laughs> this is Coach Confidential, the awesome podcast. Is that what we decided? Is that yeah, it's Coach Confidential and is it Anne or the, maybe it's the. An awesome, an awesome, yeah. the awesome podcast. The awesome podcast. We'll play with it. We'll play with it. You can do a poll and ask your listeners. Exactly. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Peace. All right. That's that. Nice. That was fun. <laughs> now I feel bad for you because all the rest of these people are going to just, you're, you're going to be expecting all this like fun and laughter and it's just not going to happen. Thanks so much for listening to Coach Confidential. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you'd like to learn more about coaching, visit our website at lucra.com. That's L-U-C-R-A.com. There you'll find free resources to rock your business and your life.